Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Well, wow. hello, everybody, and welcome to Food and Beverage Magazine Live. I'm Jennifer English. I have a delicious glass of the most amazing mango lassi I think I've ever tasted. I've been drinking lassis for a long time. They're a healthy, wonderful beverage that has its traditions rooted in the ancient wisdom of the culinary culture of India. But I digress. This is also a product we're going to feature today, as is featured on the cover of this month's issue of Food and Beverage Magazine. The incredible Padma Lakshmi is here today to join us with me in this interview. As always, the publisher of Food and Beverage Magazine and Food and Beverage Media, Michael Pulitz, how are you? Jennifer, I think Mercury's in retrograde, and we already have our guest live with us right after the interview. <laughs> Let's make her the big screen picture here because Absolutely. I want to talk about the fact that the incredible Padma Lakshmi is joining us. She is the executive producer and host of the incredible Bravo Top Chef, one of the shows that has allowed the culture of the United States to really come to appreciate what goes into the incredible hard work of the hospitality industry. Of course, she is the creator of the critically acclaimed Taste the Nation. She's the author of a marvelous series of books. If you haven't found her books yet, please do so. But more than anything else, she joins us as one of the women in the world of food, culture, and hospitality that I most admire and respect. Through her career, she has done an extraordinary amount to shine lights on things that we need to not only talk about, but discover and take action, whether it's in feeding our own families, creating a sense of culinary self-awareness, or more importantly, introducing us to things that we know are going to be part of our very favorite things, including the incredible Da, which is a company that makes these incredible lassies. And by the way, I talked to my favorite uh, dairy guy at my favorite supermarket, and he said, this is flying off the shelf. And in fact, this was the last bottle. That's how much it's being adored by people all across the country. We'll tell you where you can find it. We'll tell you where you can get it. But get rid of my big picture. Let's bring the incredible yeah. Padma Lakshmi back. Let's find out how to pronounce the brand properly. Let's pronounce yes, the brand. Hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Michael, thank you for putting me on the cover of your magazine. I really appreciate it. And Jennifer, thank you for that beautiful, glowing intro. Um, it's easy to think that it should be pronounced da because the last letter is indeed an exclamation point, but it actually is an I inverted. So it's the brand is called Dahi. And the Dahi. reason it's called Dahi, yeah, Dahi. Um, Dahi is the Hindi word for yogurt. And so it's a very self-explanatory name that 1.4 billion people will understand. But obviously we're selling this yogurt 
um, here in America. So I'm glad that you actually said that so that it gave me a chance to explain the name because, you know, it, I think one of the things that um, right. I have to do as part of being a partner to the he and a board advisor, et cetera, is that I want to educate people on Indian yogurt and Indian style cultured yogurt because it's a little bit different than traditional yogurt or French or Greek yogurts. What's well, a little better too, Jennifer? I think it's delicious. This is it a really is. delicious. Who doesn't get a mango lassie every time we go for Indian food? Right. Well, let's talk a little bit more. Let's go back to the beginning, uh, Padma. And and I appreciate that you're here with us and in your new role as both a, a sort of a brand partner and and as somebody who becomes the sort of educator. You've had a really beautiful career as a culinary educator. And at the beginning of Women's Month, um, as we celebrate great women in all endeavors, uh, in all parts of our culture, I have to point out that you've been a really wonderful culinary teacher for us for a very long time. And it's in that role that I wanted to ask you to step in and, and introduce us to why this was such an important project for you to get involved with. You know, Jennifer, I wasn't looking to become a brand partner of, of any package good, really. Um, you know, I sort of have my own, I have my two shows and, you know, I have my advocacy work that I do with the United Nations and the ACLU. But um, a couple of years ago now, almost, uh, I was sent uh, a box of, you know, refrigerated products and it, you know, came with all these bottles of different um types of lassi from Dahi. And I, you know, as you can imagine, I get sent so many products um, and I didn't think much of it, but of course it caught my attention because it was lassi, which is drinkable yogurt from India. Um, Dahi makes drinkable yogurt in plain um, and flavored lassis like mango. Um, and they did a, you know, special tomato and mixed berry one that I love, which is tart and sweet. Um, in celebration of my children's book, which came out last August. But, you know, they also have non-dairy yogurt. They also have um, tubs of yogurt and single serving yogurts in both traditional dairy yogurt and non-dairy yogurt. The reason that this product kind of stood out for me is because I just put it in my fridge and I sort of served it to my daughter and my nephews. And then literally they kept going back into the fridge and getting it out to pour themselves glasses of it instead of milk, instead of some other snacks that they could reach for. And it made an impression on me because it, they went very quickly. They yeah. did not last in my fridge. And, you know, as you can imagine, I'm always trying to give stuff away or trying to get stuff consumed. So um, it gets used up. But I did not have that experience with Dahi. I had the opposite experience where I wanted to try a flavor and it was just gone before I could even taste it. And so um, I was very touched by the letter that the two founders wrote to me. And I have grown up obviously with Indian yogurt. You know, most middle-class homes in India make their own yogurt and it's very easy to do. And my home was no different. My grandmother and my mom and my aunts always made their own yogurt and it just tasted different. You know, every time I would go back to India, I would have a mental list of the kinds of things that I wanted to eat. And one of them was just plain yogurt because the yogurt tastes so different. It's more tart. And then in, in doing my research, I also found out that the way that we make our yogurt 
you know, the way we culture it slowly at a lower heat temperature um, actually preserves way more probiotics mm -hmm. in our lessi and yogurts than traditional Greek or, or, you know, regular yogurts. And so that appealed to me. Um, so for so many reasons, for health benefits, for the taste, and also because, it, you know, even the flavored ones like the mango, if you look on the nutritional information, it has much less sugar than most of those drinkable yogurts that are marketed to kids. And that was obviously important for me with my family, but also for myself, you know. And we're also talking about in terms of the servings, it's got protein. It's incredibly probiotic rich. There's a, yeah. a, a lot of reasons to enjoy this as part of what you all call sort of better things you can do for your family and for your eating and your nutrition. Would you talk a little bit about how now might be a time for us to really accept these new ideas? We are definitely different food culture than we were just even a couple of years ago. Sure. I mean, now I really think has a, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think, you know, more and more we're looking to other uh, cultures and their traditions to find ways to not only nourish ourselves, but do so, you know, nutritiously with added benefits. I think all of us are concerned, you know, not, not only about environmental factors that are preying upon our health, but just mm -hmm. about getting enough um, nutritions and nutrition and vitamins and antioxidants into our families, you know, without sort of having to take a pill. And, mm -hmm. and I think that he can be a really strong part of that plan. I mean, I think that's why you see things like turmeric having a moment, you know, in everything or acai from Brazil or now moringa from South Africa in a tea or from India as um, a vegetable. And so all of these things um, are coming, you know, America anyway is a conglomeration of the best of many cultures. You know, as, as a nation, we have evolved um, always through immigration. I mean, that's what Taste the Nation is about. But I do think that our culture, um, in every sphere of our culture, not just food, is very much shaped by the different waves of generations of people who come here and bring with them a skill set, a knowledge base, um, a whole set of traditions that we may not have yet been familiar with. And I think you're seeing that now with yogurt and probiotics, you know, just like in the 80s, there was the French wave of yogurt. And then just like in the 90s and aughts, there was the Greek yogurt, the thicker yogurt. So this is the next wave of that. You know, now we understand we weren't really talking about probiotics um, 20 years ago. We weren't talking about probiotics with Greek yogurt. We are talking about them with this type of Indian slow cultured yogurt because, you know, dahi, for example, has more probiotics than any other drinkable yogurt on the market. So um, that's why it was important to me. And also, you know, it's, it's something that has thousands of years of tradition behind it. This is not something that was created in a lab. I know we've got a limited amount of time today. I want to make sure we cover all the most important talking points. We've got some images here from Dahi and from some of the other projects and products you have. We've got recipes and we will share the links with everybody. And I'm excited to have you tell us a little bit about how one can look to these wonderful time-tested culinary traditions, like the one that brings us Lassi. 
and how we can begin to incorporate them into contemporary food moments. You know, we're just in Tucson, Arizona, and from your uh, Bravo Top Chef season with Maria Maison, Chef Maria Maison was a fan favorite. She's a good friend, uh, and she does incredible food. And I began to imagine how chefs like she, who just got nominated for the James Beard semifinals just this past week, how they can begin to incorporate it in any cuisine culture. We're beginning to see that sort of crossover and products like those from Dahi really lend themselves to join mm -hmm. anybody in the culinary sandbox, so to speak. Sure. I mean, please say hi to Maria. I love her. She's one of my favorite contestants. Um, I had such a great time with her. She's very talented. She deserves this nomination from James Beard. You know, the thing I love about Top Chef is that you get to know all of the contestants and their backgrounds and the best contestants bring their heritage with them. And Maria was no different. And I think, you know, things like Chipotle, which we didn't even know about 20 years ago or could hardly pronounce, is now like a nationwide chain, right? So, so things that seem foreign to us can seem less foreign when they're brought by a trusted chef or a show like Top Chef or Taste the Nation. And I think it's easy. So you take this lassi, as I'm saying, you know, you don't have to have a practice of eating lassi in your own diet or culture. If you're not familiar with Indian food, you can have it for breakfast. You can have it as a dessert. I have even poured it into a ready-made pie shell and frozen it and put froze it and put berries on top to have like I a love that idea. Healthy, you know, frozen dessert. And you can do that with other products. You know, you you've all gone to bars and had turmeric margaritas now. I don't think an Indian ever used turmeric in a cocktail before. You know, this is a totally Western appropriation of um, turmeric, but it's fine. It's one that works, you know, however you want to get that ingredient into your diet is totally cool with me. I think the problem becomes when you don't kind of give credit to the culture that it comes from, but I love for people to use Indian spices um, in, in all different kinds of ways, you know, in, in their own cooking, even just to like jazz up a meatloaf. I think that's wonderful. I think we should borrow from each other's cultures. We should share in the pleasure and purpose of these wonderful global ingredients. You know, I'm Indian, but I don't cook only Indian food for my family every day. You know, we have all sorts of things. And I think that's one of the beautiful things of living in this country is that you get to share in the traditions and culture of many different nations because people have come here from there to make America their home. Talk, can you talk a little bit about how incorporating some of these essential, these fundamental, essential uh, culinary building blocks of, of a cuisine culture, like the lessi and the products from Dahi. Can you talk about how you, as one of the sort of innovators, and you've been brought in to sort of strategize about the innovation yeah. the company is going to bring forward, and that was maybe one of the most exciting things I read about, why you were getting involved. Talk a little bit about the future of food as you see it. Sure. Here, and how all of this will weave in, because I'm super excited to see where you're going to take us. I'd love to. In fact, that was one of the things that um, attracted me most to this partnership, because in America, mostly we eat yogurt as a sweet thing, either with yeah. breakfast or as a snack or, you know, we make dessert out of it with fruit, right, or vanilla or something. The way that most of the world consumes yogurt that is non-European or American 
is actually savory. Think of Greek tzatziki. Think of ash from Afghanistan. Think of all these other things, raita from India. So one of the innovations that I'd like to help bring forward at Dahi is to have drinkable yogurt and also tub yogurt that is savory. I think that's very exciting. So I would love to do something with cucumber and mint, which I think pairs beautifully. Um, I would also love to do like a chili and lime um, lassi or, you know, something of that nature. And the possibilities are really endless. We're all trying to get more protein into our diet. We're all trying to get more probiotics into our diet. And, you know, if you're somebody that, you know, loves dairy and can tolerate it, I love dairy. I eat so much dairy. Um, then, you know, Lessie is a great, great way to get a lot of protein and vitamins, you know, all the other vitamins that, that um, dairy products have. It's very important for, you know, when your child is growing to build strong bones and great hair and skin and all that. But even as we age, women specifically need more protein um, as they get into later in life. And it also helps muscle, you know, it helps build muscle. And as women, we lose muscle tone. So if you want to build muscle, you need more protein. And Lessie is a delicious way to get protein. And I hope we can do some savory flavors because not everybody wants to have dessert all the time, you know. Um, and so I think it's, it's a great way to do that. I also use Lessie sometimes to thicken soups. Or if I'm making butternut squash soup, I'll just put a little swirl of the plain yogurt on top. I also, um, you know, use it in curries. Sometimes when I, you know, I obviously have a heavy hand with chilies. And if I have guests who don't eat spicy food, I will just swirl in a little bit of the plain lassi also to thicken it and to make it a little more rich, um, but also just to like leaven or, or temper the spicy factor. I want to talk about the fact that it's such a great companion in that cord of cooling irresistible result when you marry it with anything that has heat. And of course, our cuisine culture loves heat now. Sriracha is yeah, hot. It's a good, it's a good pairing. It's hot. So, and, and it really, it's that combination of cooling and richness. And then you add the factor that you just mentioned, that it gives me my protein, it gives me vitamins, and it also gives me my probiotics all together. It's really beneficial on, on many levels. That explains why it is in fact so better. It also explains why this literally was flying off the shelves at my <laughs> Sprouts supermarket. Can you talk a little bit? The journey from uh, where we are right now, it's available broadly and widely. Can we can we share with people not only where the, the Dahilicious um, website is, but can you talk a little bit about, about where people can find this? Because I think everybody's going to want to sure. try it, at least try it after we've talked about it today. It's so yummy. I can't wait for people to try it. You know, I'm not just saying that because I'm a brand partner. I became a brand partner because I love this yogurt so much. Um, you can find it nationally at Sprouts and Whole Foods. They're also available in a lot of independent markets. If you can't find it where you shop, I would suggest going to the manager and asking for it because right. once you try it, you will absolutely be hooked. I say to people, it's available at all the most mindful markets all over yes. the country because there are people who are really putting the intention, the shared intention that you and I have mm -hmm. about giving better food to our families, about teaching children about food. I know you're committed to that. And we started talking uh, about when we began this conversation 
about Women's Month, and I wanted to tie a few things back, including your extraordinary philanthropy and your work both for the ACLU and your work for several organizations, including the United Nations. Thank and I wanted you. to give you a chance to talk about how in the visible role that you have today after an extraordinary career in uh, acting, uh, that you're bringing something that I think is one of the most fascinating things about you, that you're multilingual, that you have several languages, but you live in the intention and spirit of several languages, which to me is that effect of bringing people together. James Beard, of course, said food unites us, but I think, Padma, you unite us as well. Can you talk a little bit about how that being uniter in this moment in time and all your roles um, is really in line with this project that you're taking on being a brand partner with Dahi? I mean, I think, you know, I've just always been someone because probably because I was an immigrant kid, I was always wanting people to understand my food whenever they came over or when I opened that lunchbox, we've all had that lunchbox moment as young kids. You know, I always was a bit of a translator explaining my Indian culture to my American friends and ex also explaining my American life to my Indian family and friends when I went back to India. And I had always straddled two cultures. And so when I got out of college or even when my last semester in college, I studied abroad in Spain and I was kind of doing that with the third culture. And then I spent my 20s living between Paris and Milan in Europe. And so I did it again. And as I, you know, progressed through my career, I would never have the career in food I have now if I, you know, didn't spend all that time traveling first as a model and then as an actor. And, um, you know, through my work with Top Chef, I've been really fortunate all these years to, to help translate the work of some contestants on the show too, you know, who who are very talented and have amazing food histories like Eric Ajapong or Melissa King, I'm talking right. Kwame, you know, Dale Talde, so many of the titans of the food business that have come through our kitchens. Um, and so I think that's one good thing. I mean, Top Chef just premiered. Um, our Houston season is out now. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, you can catch up. You've only missed, I think, one episode. And, but, and by the way, Houston, Texas is one of the most extraordinarily diverse global cuisine cities in America. How much fun, was that your first trip to Houston? And do you know Houston as an edible destination? I don't, I didn't know Houston until I went there in the winter to film Top Chef and it was glorious. You know, there's so many ethnic pockets of Indians and Chinese and Japanese and Nigerians. And, every, you know, there's so many ethnicities there that it's kind of wonderful. It's to me, coming from New York, I wasn't expecting another American city to be even more diverse than New York, but it actually is. I mean, greater New York City with the five boroughs is very diverse. But, you know, if you're living downtown in Manhattan, it's not that diverse. Whereas Houston <laughs> is super diverse. Like, you yeah. know, you go to any mall or any restaurant and one table has an Asian family, one table has a Latin family, there's an African family there, then there's an African-American family, then there's, you know, white families or Caucasian families. And it's kind of cool just to see that actually working, like integrated, you know, rather than this is the, you know, this is the Latin part of town, this is the African-American part of town. That is not what Houston is like. It's really wonderful. And I always thought that Austin was the most you know, quote unquote, liberal place in Texas or whatever. 
But, you know, and I love Austin too. I just found Houston to be so eye-opening and so exciting. You can get any kind of food, you can get any kind of grocery item because they all have their ethnic markets or clothing. Right. If you want to buy a sari or if you want to buy a Nigerian head wrap, there's a store in Houston for you. Um, and I love but, you know, I love that in, I love it in telling us that story. All those diverse families were all eating like Vietnamese pho with crawfish in them. So all these people, yeah. eat, everybody eats the same thing, and we all fall in love with how irresistible it is. That was one of the words I wanted to make sure we talked about because you have always focused sort of discerningly towards the irresistible, whether it's on an episode of Top Chef or whether it's with this project. As a national standard bearer, as they like to say, as one of our leading voices and lights in our industry, you shine you. a light on the idea of irresistible. And I want you to talk a little bit about how important it is for all of us to bring a little bit more of the even simple, humble, irresistible into our own lives as an expression of really self-awareness and, and self-validation and self-worth. We can do so many things to make our, our lives richer through food. You understand that and you teach us that. Can you talk a little bit about irresistible? And are we wrong when we sure. see your eyes light up on the show when you actually encounter irresistible? Well, the truth is, as if you've watched any episode of Top Chef or Taste the Nation, you know that I have no poker face. I never have, <laughs> okay? And um, I, I just am very fortunate, to be honest, Jennifer, that I am able to do what I genuinely am curious about and love for a living. And so I think, you know, so much is happening in the world. There's so much suffering right now, whether it's war or disease or hunger or, you know, all of the other things that we know are going on. And I think it's important to be humble, to have great humility, and to know that we are very fortunate in this country, uh, no matter what our state is, and that we should try and take pleasure in the simple things, the breaking of bread with friends, the, the, the making of a very simple meal with family, teaching children how to eat right, and eating right yourself, from the very early stages of those, right. those children's development. I really believe you set a child's eating patterns in the first four or five years of life. And I think that, you know, when, when you see somebody who's naturally curious about something, you want to learn from them. And I try in my career, I don't always have the choice, but I try not to feature anything that I myself am not naturally really excited about. And I feel like, you know, I don't have many, um, many strengths or superpowers, but the one superpower I think I do have is that I'm endlessly curious to taste the world in all of its colors and flavors. And so, you know, I'm trying to say, taste this or look at this or read this in whatever I'm doing, um, because I think that's what media should do. It should entertain, but it should also, when possible, inform and better the lives of the viewers that are consuming that media because we're all so busy. We have children to tend to, careers to develop, our own personal relationships and self-care to, to you know, manage. And there's not a lot of time, you know, for people's attention. And I might, I know that that's true for myself. So I always try to be additive, you know, in whatever I'm doing, in however plain, simple way that can be. It doesn't have to be too 
elaborate or complex, but that's sort of the measure of how I figure out what I want to devote my focus on. And there's no more, and there's no more irresistible expression of hospitality than sharing something that will be life affirming, life enriching, flavorful. And I would be completely remiss. And I know we've only got about one minute left. Um, Let's talk about uh, Taste the Nation. You have got a season coming up. Can you give us any tips of any sneak peeks about what's coming up in your project? Honestly, I'm just in production right now. We literally started filming last week. Uh, we went to Puerto Rico. I can tell you that. Um, oh, yeah. to, you know, most people don't know this, but Puerto Ricans are American citizens. They are not immigrants. They have been American citizens for over a hundred years. And so we're looking at food sovereignty there and how, you know, being a U.S. territory has and hasn't helped Puerto Ricans. But, um, we are really excited about this season. I don't know where else we're going yet. I mean, I have some idea, but we're still doing research. Um, you know, I'm lucky that I can arrange my life so that I'm kind of filming one week and then come home one week because, you know, I'm a single parent. So I do have a 12 year old at home. Um, but we're looking at lots of stories across the country. You know, everybody has a compelling story. If you scratch the surface, all you have to do is be willing to listen. And I'm endlessly interested in the stories of American people, whether they're Cambodian American, Puerto Rican American, Irish American. I think those stories are really rich and I think we haven't really explored them enough. Right. You and I are sisters in the storytelling tradition of the culinary world. I'm grateful that you took time to be here with us today. We wanna celebrate you on the cover of Food and Beverage Magazine this month. I'm gonna raise a glass and ask you, is there a toast that one shares traditionally when lassi is being served and sipped in a family <laughs> of a tradition? And if you don't have one, how can we do one together? I honestly have never heard of one. That doesn't mean there isn't one, but you know, I didn't grow up in a cocktail culture to cheers. Um, so I think we can just say to our health. Well, to our very good health with Dahi, uh, with the incredible panel Lakshmi. Thank you so much for being here with us and congratulations on your new partnership. Thank you, it's my pleasure. And thank you guys for, for putting me on the cover. I'm very pleased. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I look forward to everyone trying it. Um, make sure you tune into Top Chef. It's on Thursdays. It just started, so you haven't missed much. Um, and that's it, I'm gonna sign off. And I'm gonna say thank you so much. and for joining me in sharing the sentiment, all are welcome at our table. Of course. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold.